Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today is a deeper dive with the author, Erica A.C. Erica has written a book that's fabulous. It's called We Got This, The Guide to Your Greatest Future. Uh, Erica is also an executive within the financial service arena. She's currently with Truist and is head of fulfillment and uh, post-closing. In addition to Truist, Erica worked at City and PNC. Hi, Erica. Hi, how are you, Pat? Well, your book is fabulous, as I've told you many times, and I just wanted to really go a deeper dive and talk about it because I think it was so important with the topics that you were covering. So why don't we start off talking about why you decided to write the book and, and talk about what that really was your goal? Yeah, I really appreciate the question. You know, setting out to write a book was not something that I had in my sights. And so I'll share very briefly kind of what happened in my life. I was doing really well to your point. I was previously with City, and my career was going great. I had received that phone call from my mother that said, I really need you at this point in time. And what she shared with me was that she had found out she had lung, lung cancer, stage three. Pretty significant, right? And I had really self-identified with my career. Like my career was a huge part of my life. Even though I had a family, obviously, it still was a huge part of my life. And so I knew I had to make the tough decision to step away uh, from corporate America and make her my focus. I can always go grab another job, right? But I can't replace my mother. And so it was during that period of time that I was really feeling conflicted about my self-identity and what that change meant for me in my life. And so I decided to put everything on paper and really write about it. And I had so much support during that period of time. And, you know, people would ask me to be their mentor to help them in their career. They wanted to know how I got to where I was. And I said, you know what, let me pull all of these various pieces together uh, into a book. So that's how it came about. Well, talk about Certainly the issue, you, you have so many comments in the book and statements that I thought were just fabulous. And if you can comment about that, one of them that I was really struck by was when you said that there is a calling in your life. What does that mean or explain how what your thoughts on that? Sure. So my perspective around it is that we each have a purpose and your greatness should be expressed out loud. And it really is the essence of what you share with the world. So we all have various gifts and talents, which positively impact others, but it also fulfills us personally. So really kind of listening to yourself, being quiet with yourself and paying attention to what those things are that you do well and what those things are that make a difference in other people's lives and make you happy. That is really, to me, where your purpose sits, right? So it's important to call, call it out. Um, it usually does align to what you want to do. And it's only then can you build your own roadmap. And the beauty of life, in my opinion, is that we're the architect of that. So, you know, people kind of go through life wondering what their purpose is. But for me, it's about being silent and quiet for a moment and really thinking about what you enjoy and the impact that you can have on others. 
So do you think that occurs so many times, and I've interviewed lots of folks over the years, and they always will talk about how they fell into, well, I fell into it. And that doesn't really seem very purposeful. And so what, what are your thoughts <laughs> on that? Yeah. So I'll give you an example for me personally. So I've been in, in the industry, the banking industry, for a long time. Right. It wasn't my wasn't necessarily my purpose to get into banking, but it was my purpose to help people achieve safety. For me, Pat, when I was very young, uh, my mother used to clean banks and I would go with her at night to clean the banks and I would, you know, steal all the lollipops from the teller stations. <laughs> I remember that like it was yesterday. Sure. And one of the things that I recall is us buying our first home. And it was the first time that I felt really safe when we were able to do that. And, and as a child, what I remembered is that bank helped us get that home, right? And so it really started out for me, that feeling of safety and wanting other people to feel the same way. Um, so from a career perspective, that's part of my purpose. But then when you dive a little bit deeper in that, what I really love, what I feel fulfilled by is helping other people achieve their dreams, you know, be able to achieve something they didn't expect that they could do by helping them see the light, helping them think about things differently. So I think, again, when you're quiet and you're intentional, you really kind of think about how you move or those monumental things that happened in your life, those things that really like pulled at your heartstrings, those things that made you feel joy or feel safe, help you identify what that calling is. Well, you talk about at one part in your book about you say that change is automatic, but progress takes committed action. I thought that was particularly insightful. Talk about what that means. Change is automatic because it all comes down to you making a decision. So let's use losing weight as an example. It's the beginning of the year. There are so many people right now that are saying, I want to get in better shape. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 30 pounds, whatever it may be. So people immediately make a decision about the change that they want to have in their lives. But the progress has to be consistent, right? The results don't happen overnight. So every day you have to be committed to that decision that you made so that you do remain on track, so that you are able to achieve that success. And there's a lot of psychology that, that comes into play as well, Pat. And I don't know how, how deep you want to get into that, but we all have experiences and backgrounds, right? And so we have this voice in our head that's constantly trying to take us off track. It's that subconscious mind. And so every time that you have a win every day towards that goal, you have to focus on that and really kind of drowned out that negative voice telling you that you can't do it. And you have to measure your progress every day. And if you can stay focused on those couple of things, before you know it, you're two weeks in, then you're four weeks in, and you're creating those habits, and you're seeing the results. And it really helps you stay on track. So the measurement and the progress and holding yourself accountable is key 
Well, that's really a good point. And certainly, I think, really, you're right, the psychologies, uh, psychologists have certainly supported that, that it doesn't happen overnight, but it does take the focus. But you also start out talking about being honest with yourself. And I thought that was an excellent point. Yeah, so there's there are a couple of elements, um, in my opinion, that you have to really focus on in terms of being honest with yourself. One is really understanding who you are as a person, including your behavior patterns. That's really critical because as you build a new foundation, you don't want to have cracks in it, right? And so having a self-assessment performed really helps us identify behaviors we may not like about ourselves. When I did it personally, there were certainly some behaviors that I had that I did not like. But the good news is behaviors can be modified. And it really only benefits us personally if we are extremely honest with ourselves Lying to ourselves does us no benefit, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it just doesn't. But but we do it. And it doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, but recognition of behavior patterns gives us a greater opportunity to course correct. And we feel ourselves, you know, slipping sometimes when we're trying to modify behavior. But the good news is because we've already observed it, we've already called it out we have a greater opportunity of course correcting because we've owned it, if that makes sense. Um, So yeah, you have to really call it out and just be honest, call it for what it is. And um, lastly, the other piece is understanding trauma that may have happened in your life. And it may not be trauma necessarily in the way a lot of people think about it. So it may not be that you lost someone or that you were molested or that you had, you know, some gravity of of a trauma in the way that most of us think about it. But it could be a, a situation where you felt really embarrassed when you stepped out of your comfort zone or you failed at something, right? You have to be honest about how those situations made you feel. Because if you don't, what tends to happen when we try to step out of our comfort zones is those we start to believe those lies that we're not worthy, we're not good enough, we're just going to fail. And so when you're honest with yourself, again, about your past and about what behavior patterns likely have evolved out of that, you're able to say, no, that's not me today. Yes, those things happened but my future is gonna look very different. And here's what I want my future to look like. So you can't get there if you haven't first been honest with yourself to know what you need to modify. Well, that ties together with what you were saying also. You said uh, one part of the book, why is the, the past prominent in our present? It's because you haven't made a choice about the future. Uh, talk about that, explain that. For all of your listeners, I want them to know that they should never underestimate the memories and the autopilot responses the past can actually have. Because if you haven't taken the time to really address those things, they continue to crop up time after time after time. And that's quite honestly why a lot of people feel stuck. And so, you know, you hear someone say, I just, I want to do these things, but I just can never seem to, to make it happen. I can never seem to stay on schedule with my workouts, with my plan uh, to lose weight. And it's because those memories, I mean, they pop like autopilot. Like I said, as soon as you really start to get into a group and do something, those memories come back of you're never going to make it, so why try, right? Or whatever those responses are. And for me, I chose to embrace my past regardless of how painful and really filter out, you know, those sort of things that 
were really inhibiting me from having the future that I wanted to have. And so all future circumstances, situations, events, and possibilities are a matter of choice. And once we make a choice towards that is when we start to make excuses for present choices that are not consistent with what we want. And therefore, to remain on track, the entirety of our subsequent actions must match the new choice of the future. And so you can't get there again. I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but you can't get there unless you're willing to own the past. But it doesn't mean that your future has to be based on those experiences. So let me try to make that more clear. If you filter out what you learned from those experiences, it gives you greater power in how you move forward. So let me give you an example for me personally, my past. So I talk about in my book how uh, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. Um, I'm multi-ethnic and I did not feel like I was accepted in the white community and I did not feel like I was accepted in the black community. So you can imagine how that feels for a child, right? Feeling isolated and never feeling like they belong anywhere. I made a conscious decision to say, I actually connect with everyone. And I connect with everyone because of my background, because of my heritage. That is in fact my truth. And so as I continue to work in the world, um, that became my truth and I had greater confidence in establishing relationships and working with people and really understanding their backgrounds and what makes them who they are. That's a difference. And that's what I mean by not allowing your past, you know, to really kind of take over your future. It's all in how you filter those past experiences. So I decided not to fall victim to it, but instead understand my strengths through that and be able to make really strong connections, which has helped me throughout my career today. I hope that's helpful in the way that I'm explaining that just from a real life situation. No, no, that is. It does make me wonder from the standpoint that when you come to this realization that you're going to make a change, that the past isn't going to hold you back, is it's usually from your viewpoint, some painful event has happened and then that triggers like now we're going to review kind of where we are. What is the typical scenario? Because a lot of times, kind of my impression is that people really won't make a change unless something has happened dramatically to them. Is that your thoughts? You have, well, you do have to want to make the change. And sometimes, Pat, one of the reasons why people don't is because they don't feel like they're worth it or they don't feel like they're going to be successful in making the change. It's really funny, you know, as, as you continue to talk to people and, and do interviews, when you ask people what they want in life, mm -hmm. a lot of people are kind of stumped by the question. Sure. And so yeah, you, um, you probably have seen that yourself, oh, yes. right? They're like, uh, I'm not sure. So you have to really know what it is that you want out of life and know that you're worth it, that you deserve it. And there's, no, there's nothing stopping you but yourself. And you can certainly go after anything that it is in life that you want. But there are a lot of people, unfortunately, that still suffer with various trauma. And they don't even believe that they're worth it, right? They don't believe that it's realistic to obtain success. So 
you do have to be in a place where you know what you want, and then you can begin doing the work that we're talking about here today. That's really insightful, to say the least. And you talk about that people fail because they've not created the memory of their success. Talk about what that means. Yeah, absolutely. So the body is the home of the subconscious, and the subconscious is where our unconscious belief systems are held. So generally speaking, probably, and I'm not a psychologist, but I have done a lot of research, and you probably have heard other psychologists say that a good portion of our subconscious mind is defined by the time we're seven years old. And so, again, based on what your experiences have been up until that age, those belief systems continue to pop in when you're trying to do something. And so if you've had failure, so many of us are afraid of failure, and we have to get to the point where failure is acceptable, (laughs) Um, and knowing that through failure we succeed. But kind of getting back to the point, you have to know that you are a winner. So every time that you win, no matter how small you think that win is, you have to hold on to that memory versus allowing that subconscious mind of lies to creep in around failure. So so differently, when you plant the seed of success and you really water it and you help that grow every day, it grows higher than the negative memories. So you're in fact replacing that old memory with a new memory. And the more that you do that, the greater your confidence is, the more willing you are to get out there and try something new and try something different. And you're not afraid of the failure because now you, you, you already know that you're going to filter in what you've learned from that experience, which is going to make you even stronger for the next attempt. And it's really an exciting thing because it really comes down to what do you allow into your space every day? So, Pat, I don't spend my time around negative people. I spend my time around people who have a mindset like mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I have motivational calendars that sit on my desk. My husband and I use these shower motivational messages that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am constantly consuming positivity. And when I have a win, even when my team has a win, we talk about it. We talk about how we won, what made us get there, right? And so when we go into the next challenge, we remind each other of that because it builds the confidence and it allows you to push through. It's, it's really exciting once you can begin exercising it. So talk about, and certainly you've been in business a long time where failure is not really recognized as being a step to a future success. And so it isn't easy uh, to, I, I guess, really move along that spectrum. Um, but failure in business, no one makes it the first time. And so, but it's not, seems to be rewarded. Um, talk about your thoughts on that. I think that's changing more and more, and I'm really glad to see it, quite honestly, because you're right. As I've grown up in this industry, you know, we were all terrified to make one little mistake. Sure. And instead, the conversation, I think, has really shifted, and I make a point to live to live it every day with my team uh, to say, well, at least you had the courage to be bold and courageous and go do it, right? That should be applauded. So then let's take a step back and figure out what did we learn from the situation? What can we build upon do differently so that we are successful? And through failure comes experience. We know what not to do the next time, right? And having that open and honest conversation 
uh, I think allows people to feel more comfortable to take risks. We are in a very different environment than we've ever been in in this industry. I'm sure you would agree with that. Sure. And we don't have the playbook today. So being in this industry for as long as we have, we're very used to cyclical periods uh, in the market. We're very used to utilizing our playbook. Data generally is historical. And now we are in uncharted territory. And so we have to take some risk. And we have to talk about the lessons that we've learned. Even when you think about technology and how we want to press forward, how we want to optimize, we're not going to get it right every single time. But did we take a calculated risk? Did we make really good decisions based off of the information that we had? Yes. And so when you have yeses to those questions, it's not failure. It's really understanding what can we learn and carry forward. But there has, there has to be changed leadership. There has to be champions that continue to tout that message. Um, because if not, in our industry more specifically and in life, you continue to get the same thing. So if you want something different, you have to be willing to do something different. And if you fail, know that that's a learning opportunity. And I always say, I don't fail. I always say I win. So Pat, I always when I don't fail, I learn. So if you can replace the word failure with learning, it'll certainly help how your brain functions and keep that confidence level where it needs to be to keep pressing forward. So you also talked about, I cannot change what has already happened. You cannot rewind. And I think that ties back together with what you're talking about as far as memory is concerned. Explain that. Sure. So we can't go back in, into time and change anything. What has already happened has already happened. And so to stew over it, to continue to put ourselves down because something happened in the past that maybe we didn't like, isn't going to propel us forward. It's really wasted energy. So if you think about how you're going to use your energy for success, it doesn't even feel right for you to sit there and say the words out of your mouth that I'm going to continue to focus on the past. This doesn't make sense, right? right. <laughs> it doesn't even feel good to say that. So don't do it mentally. Um, again, it all really comes down to taking ownership of what happened, understanding it for what it is, but knowing that that does not dictate your future and take the best things from those experiences and use it to propel you forward, not to slide you back to that. That is really the key. You can't rewind, but you can take those learnings and make for a better future. That's a really it's not good. easy. Let, yeah, I, let I, me say that. Well, yeah, I think all of it's not easy, but I think it's a really good point. You also make the comment that how you feel is how you see things. And I thought that was very interesting. Talk about that one. Sure. So our emotions, our hormones um, have a lot to do with how we view situations, how we respond. And we can't always, uh, you know, dictate what's going to happen. Right. So there are a lot of things that happen to us we didn't expect. The only thing that we can control is how we respond to it. So when you get up in the morning, one of the things I do not do in the morning is watch the news because the news tends to have a negative slant. And if you are feeling already sad and defeated and, you know, all of those things negative in the morning, 
you're not going to be the best version of yourself to tackle what you need to deal with throughout that day. But if you wake up in the morning and you're grateful and you are feeling awesome, right? So through gratefulness, gratification comes happiness. It's just a natural emotion in, that we have in our bodies. Um, so if, if, you know, your listeners are sitting there and they do this little exercise once we conclude today, it's so simple, is, you know, to make a statement like, um, I am absolutely going to crush it tomorrow. I'm going to knock it out of the park. See how your body reacts and how you feel. Then say, tomorrow is Friday. I really don't feel like getting up and, and going to work. I'm just going to have to try to muddle through the best I can to get through the day. Your body reacts to how, to the statements that you make. So the statements that you make have a reaction in your body and that controls how you respond to things. And so I truly, truly, truly believe what we say matters, what we tell ourselves matters, uh, because that's either going to give us the fuel to be the best versions of ourselves, or it's going to eliminate our gas tank pretty quickly and we're not going to show up the way that we need to. And it does impact us from a health perspective as well. So if you think about disease and, and different things of that uh, nature, if you think about our immunity system, stress right. definitely has a negative impact on your immune system, right? right. So through studies and scientifically proven, it also can cause disease when you're in that state all the time. So I choose not to live there. Well, I think what I loved about your book was that you tied together really kind of research on these topics, and I don't see very many books that actually tie it together. So I thought you did a really good job with that because I think you're really making a point that if you are hearing, if you are seeing negative, if you're watching the news or you're, you're constantly accessing negative type of information that has an impact, and it's important for us to recognize that if we start off really listening to that every single day where we are is really not a good spot, which is, I think what you would, con you would concede, right? That's right. You nailed it. You know, that's why I mentioned earlier, the people that I had in my life, I uh, tend to have the same positive outlook. Sure. So there's that old cliche, right? Birds of a feather flock together. You have to be really careful about who you allow in your space and that, that energy that they uh, that they're giving off because negativity is so contagious because it's for whatever reason it's so much easier uh, to kind of meld into that negative state than it is to be in that positive state uh, so when you see things unfold people immediately have a reaction towards the negative side then they do kind of taking a step back and looking at the lessons in it looking at the good of a situation and so it's one of the things that I've really stressed with my team when we are grappling with different challenges. Uh, it's all about how you go into it that's going to dictate the outcome of it. So we can sit here and commiserate and talk about all the negative things, or we can stay in that positive space and get to a really good solution. And that doesn't mean that you're always Pollyanna. Let me be very clear about that. That doesn't mean that we stay in this state of bliss. What it means is that we're making a conscious decision about how we are going to react and respond to situations 
and not allow ourselves to get into that negative energy field because nothing good comes out of that. Right. Well, that ties together with when you talk about relationships are paramount to your ability to grow and you make the point about surrounding yourself with positive people. It can be that you might be even in a family situation that's not positive. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? That's very true. And I I completely understand that just based on my own upbringing and childhood. And I had to seek out those those folks oftentimes. Um, and so if you're not, if you don't have immediate access to those folks, join different groups, whether it's church, um, whether it's a leadership group that you want to be a part of, uh, whatever it may be. It can even be a group of people at your gym um, who are positive and, and motivating and allow that to be your connection point because it does matter. All of those influences that we have in our life, uh, they have an impact because if you have that negative influence, guess what we tend to do? We tend to, from a subconscious perspective, pull in those negative memories, and then we end up stuck in that space. And so seek people out. I have had so many great mentors, um, and not just mentors, but also sponsors in my career that I connected to because of my energy um, or that I felt like I wanted to connect to because of their energy. And so it is really important to make sure that uh, you're picky about who you allow in your space and don't feel bad about that. Don't apologize about that because it's for your own mental health, your own well-being uh, to continue to move in the direction that you want to, to stay focused on your goal. And so you're worth it. You matter. And so when you knowing that, you don't want anything to get you off track or distract you from what it is that you want in life, nor the, the happiness uh, that you deserve to have every day when you get up. Right. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, I agree with you completely. You have a couple comments that are your final parts of your, in your book. You talk about completion. It builds the chemical content of satisfaction. And then you also talk about the issue of being uncomfortable is really about separating from the status quo. What, what are your thoughts on that? So if you think about how you feel when you either you're able to mark something off of your task list, if you win an award, if you're recognized for something, we all know how that makes us feel. There are hormones in our body, right, that react to those types of emotions. Uh, one of the reasons why we love to work out is those endorphins. Those endorphins make us feel great. <laughs> um, so hormones are, are, are the structure of our feelings. It's kind of like the nucleus of what gets us moving. Um, so that's really important. And Pat, can you repeat the second part of your question? Well, it has to do with being uncomfortable and separating from the status oh, yes. quo. I mean, it's just innate that that would be the case. But I would like to hear your thoughts on it. Sure. So you, you do have to be comfortable and be uncomfortable and be willing to grow and change. And oftentimes we, we deal with it every day today in corporate America. We have the whole change curve that we talk about. And, you know, we go through this process anytime a change is introduced uh, because it is very human uh, for us to resist change. And 
some people stay in the beginning of that change curve for a lot longer period than others, right? That there is not a one shoe fits all. But what I would ask people to think about is if you're able to just think about previous changes that you may have gone through, you didn't die, you probably didn't bleed. <laughs> that's true. Uh, probably nothing horrible happened and you made it to the other side, right? Right. <laughs> so you yeah. can save yourself a whole lot of pain and agony and be focused on, I get to learn something new. From my understanding, what I've heard so far, this is going to help us, either from a productivity perspective, from a client experience perspective, it's going to help us have a greater competitive edge. Try to frame things up that way versus having them framed up from a negative viewpoint. We have the opportunity to reframe any situation, and it's all about how you go into it. So it's okay to be uncomfortable because it's when you're uncomfortable, do you see the growth? And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of us continuing to reach our full potential. No, that's a, that's a great point. Well, we only have a few minutes left. Erica, what would be some of the key takeaways that you would want our listeners to, to get from your book? So a couple of key takeaways in terms of actions. I would say, Pat, don't be afraid to be bold and courageous because you deserve it and you're worth it. I really want people to hear that. Sometimes I feel like we can get stuff and not, and not think that we deserve the best out of life. But I want your listeners to know that they do. And just take that first step. You don't have to boil the ocean today. So just take the first step and identify what it is that you really want out of life. And be bold and courageous to be honest with yourself. And hold yourself accountable for your continued progress. So those would be just a few of the things I would ask your listeners to take away. It can be life-changing. Well, I think that's a great point to end on. And I want to thank our listeners. I certainly appreciate you spending time with us today. And I want to thank Erica for her brilliant conversation on this important topic. Thanks so much, Erica. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.